Hey, buddy, I'm from the same time as you. Remember that song, Safety Dance? Sure do. We can dance. Dun 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 You know, that dance wasn't as safe as they said it was. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about season three, episode 21, Future Stock. I couldn't, like, I love... I love the safety dance, and I wasn't going to let the safety dance reference in this episode get too far from me. You know, that dance isn't as safe as they say it is. They, they, it sure isn't. <laughs> We're jumping way ahead already. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so excited about the safety dance, and I wanted to start the episode with the safety dance. But I will say this episode makes me say that the dance isn't as safe as they say it was every time I hear the safety dance. So I think it's pretty apt that we're just jumping right into the safety dance reference that happens halfway through the episode. (laughs) No, that's not true. It happens pretty quickly. There's only one way to solve this, and that's to rewatch the episode and time it. (laughs) That's true. And here we go. Actually, no. I'm going to settle this once and for all because I can load up the episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can load up that episode right now. (laughs) This, I I don't know how we've gotten dumber on this Futurama podcast, but I think we've done it. I Well, to just point out how dumb we are, I forgot how how to get to all my files. (laughs) So... Well, well, as you're doing that, I want to give you a compliment on on the air. Um, before we started recording, uh, uh, I, I saw Ben in all of his splendor, and he looks very handsome today. He's got his hair on point, and he's wearing a nice nice shirt, and it fits him well, and it, he looks really good. And I just want to make sure that everybody in podcast land knows that. Okay, well, that was some great stalling for time. <laughs> Well, I look up the episode hey, we're I'm, discussing. I'm always a hype man based on a v- audio visual that you cannot see. Okay, you're right. It's like four minutes and 30 <laughs> seconds into <laughs> yes, the episode. It, it's how they bond. Still. I mean, he, he comes back multiple times. Or still, at least once. We don't usually jump so far ahead so quickly. Yeah, usually we take about 20 minutes getting into the podcast. <laughs> we're not you know. even four minutes and 30 seconds into this podcast episode and you're already talking about the safety dance so it's a very exciting dance but it's not safe it's an exciting it's dance, true but not safe so how about we get into the episode for reals this time sounds good uh at the logitorium comfort dome in the planet express is holding a stockholder meeting in ballroom a but it's not a stockholder move- meeting it's a five stockholder meeting so my question about this is that this is the, the second Matt Groening made television show that has a joke about running out of letters on those signs. Okay. Because there's an episode where Reverend Lovejoy on The Simpsons uh, is complaining about how they give you five Q's but only two U's. Sure. My question is this. Did Matt Groening okay. have a job putting letters on those signs? I feel that that's pretty... Pretty he, he seems to go clear. to this well a lot, and by a lot, I mean twice, which is two more times than anybody else I've known, 
<laughs> going to this well of letters on sign jokes. Well, th- think about the time period in which Matt Groening grew up. He grew up in Portland mm-hmm. in ages when they didn't have like lights and stuff. So, <laughs> right, like fancy lights. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. You, you got. Uh, they didn't have, I went like, I went too LED. far back. Yeah, Matt Groening comes from a time before electricity. <laughs> I think that's a bit too far. But like they didn't have LED boards and you had to go put up the thing by by hand. In fact, some people still do that cuz it's cheaper. Like the weird uh <laughs> like the Chinese American diner that is on a corner of where I live. I'm just now I've stopped listening to anything Oh, I know you saying. have. I'm envisioning a world in which Matt Groening hails from a time before electricity and is a being who lives outside of time and space. <laughs> Wait, doesn't that mean he's God from the last episode? It's possible. We've my broken, good chum. We've broken it wide. So I just, I love this headcanon. Him like drawing little uh, crude drawings of Bart in <laughs> it, by candlelight. Candlelight? By, yeah, by candlelight on like... I don't know, some cave walls or something. (laughs) If you go to the most ancient cave in Portland, Oregon, you will find a picture signed by Matt Groening himself of Bart Simpson. You can quote me on that. And it says Mammoth Bunga, dudes. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. So yes, the guy putting up the sign says, good thing I noticed the similar shapes. Uh, yes, uh, Her- Hermes presents the CEO of Plan X to the, I believe, six stockholders, uh, most of which are the crew. Uh, the CEO is a professor, uh, and the professor kind of introduces a film about the latest fiscal year. It's a pretty snappy looking film about all the various, uh, highlights and setbacks of the last year. Yeah, high production value. Very impressed. Um, it, the it video indicates a year of soaring profits and significant one-time losses. Uh, uh, which kind of uh, uh, accompanies the video, the visual of Fry handing a, a package to an Am- Amazonian, the ship taking off, immediately losing power, and slamming b- back down. That is a significant one-time loss. It's significant, yes, absolutely. Uh, my favorite line from that film is, um, where tomorrow is today, and today is yesterday. You heard me. <laughs> Just like that acknowledgement of that doesn't that sentence is confusing, but I stand by it. It's true. I I've been that before. I think we've both been that before I'm, on this very podcast. yeah on this very podcast. Yes, Fry and Zoidberg are go off and sneak sneak off to find food and find a bot mitzvah. Shalom hunger, shalom free food. Apologies <laughs> for probably saying that very badly. Yeah, I think I think we're in apology zone. The Ben and Mike apology zone. Uh, right now, uh, Zoidberg's not allowed in. Uh, he's told no shellfish. Um, I told this to m- friend of the podcast and manager Tema, and she laughed about it like two, like a lot. No, it's it's a good joke. I love the whole bot mitzvah in general. Um, Fry's asking a, a robot rabbi. rabbi. Yeah. I was trying to see if there's a way I could portmanteau that into like a, but it it doesn't. It's a tough one. So. He's asking a robot rabbi. Um, he's like, what's the deal? You don't believe in robot Jesus? We believe he was built and well-programmed, but not our Messiah. It's so very good. It's terrific. 
uh, we cut back to the stockholder meeting and the video is continuing and expresses that the Planet Express is the unstoppable juggernaut of the corporate universe. Immediately after this, Hermes jumps to the podium and says it's been a terrible year and the company is near bankruptcy. They show a delicious looking pie chart that uh, shows two big sections. One is the company's profits Mm -hmm. and then a bigger section is an $8 bank error in their favor. I also like how Leela's like, but the video said, it's like, yeah, the video was a substantial loss for the company. I mean, with those production values. I know, they, they overspent. Um, it turns out all the stock is worthless. Maybe if they hadn't spent so much money getting timeless Matt Groening to emerge from his pocket of outside of time and space to create this video, okay, they might have some money. Maybe. It's, that's a good point <laughs> i was trying way harder on that joke but you i wasn't were. i wasn't going back yeah there's no th- going th- back there was a point where you're like i could abandon this oh no i'm not i'm just gonna okay look there are two types of people sheeps and sharks sheep don't uh, sharks don't look back because they don't have necks necks are for sheep well yeah we'll get there i'm jumping ahead <laughs> yes you are but you but are I'm, also be, may, being a shark i'm being a shark which, yes. are, which are the ones that people like to hug? Uh, Literally, we're jumping ahead. Um, so as Fry is kind of sneaking out and hang, like walking around with Zoidberg, they find a cryogenic uh, support group in Ballroom C. Fry declares it's perfect for him as he's pointing for the free food. It's perfect for me, too. Let's be honest. That Same. Um, Zoidberg is also not allowed in uh he's like do you have to be frozen to get the and then the door slams in his face like you didn't let me finish i was about to say to get the free food it's uh, a support group for people who have been cryogenically frozen Mm -hmm. and um the first guy is named joe and he's like when i was frozen giant carrots ruled the earth now they don't it takes some getting used to i mean i can imagine i want some follow up on that giant carrots ruled the earth story okay and we just never get it it's true we never get it in the canonical universe of the of futurama sorry to disappoint you listeners at home but we do not get that it, it is unless very disappo- unless it's in one of those comics because they have a it's true i've never they have a bunch of comics i haven't read any of the comics maybe there's one about giant carrots ruling the earth listeners if you know anything about what the, what the comics have in them please tweet at back to futurama particularly if they involve giant carrots yeah 95 percent we want to know about the giant carrots five percent the rest of the comics i think we also get the introduction to a slick looking 80s businessman who is never named and most of the time is referred to as that guy although i have decided to call him business guy oh business guy (laughs) he comes with taxes (laughs) okay i definitely uh gave you an alley-oop for that one my friend and if you don't re- get that reference go watch steven universe we'll wait that guy uh it was a slick 80s businessman who froze himself until they could find a cure for his disease which is ter- a terminal case of bonitis which is a hilarious name for a terrible disease as per fry we get right off the bat that this guy is a ruthless 80s businessman because he points out that there was one company was coming close to 
to manufacturing a cure for bonitis. And then he bought the company and sold off all the assets and made a cool mill. I mean, you know, when when you have that opportunity to make money, I mean, what else is more important than money other than a cure for your bonitis that will literally kill you? Right. Um, and so money a, will outlive you. <laughs> it's true. And then, yes, a, a caveman starts telling his story about <laughs> having been frozen and seeing his wife on display at a museum. I like how you're just like, let's get by this one. It's fine. Look, I love this one. So he's crying and very, very expressive about this. And it's the British Museum, by the way. I, I, so look, here's, here's the thing about this episode. It is densely packed full of jokes start to finish it's true if we spend all of our time talking about every joke in this we're gonna be here for two hours for a 24 minute episode it's very good though so i know i'm just saying because i'm gonna be skipping over a lot of jokes sure i get it and it's not because i don't have any love for them because they're good jokes but just know that if i love a joke i'm gonna pull you back and talk about that joke so now this is where we get um the the safety dance thing because fry's like hey man i'm from the 80s too remember that song safety dance and that guy's like uh-huh and um fry's line about that not being as safe as they said it was Mm -hmm. that guy is like he he says some stuff about being a, a super like awesome business dude um and he and Fry are like, yeah, we just need someone who... Uh, we just need to find a way in because everybody's scared of our raw power. But if you're looking for work, I can beg the guys at the company I work at to give you a job. Awesome. Awesome to the max. I love awesome, awesome to the max. <laughs> it's great. Just his delivery of like... I, that is one I do all the time and it's actually not super weird. People are just like that's sort of an archaic sort of like nobody says awesome to the max anymore they pull out their dictionaries like that was only around in the eight the 1984s but as far as futurama references go like it's pretty tame this is the one that's probably gonna fly under the radar <laughs> uh-huh yeah no one's gonna think i'm weird because yeah. if you're like that's toe tappingly tragic to everything you're like right. you're the weird one right this one, you're just like, oh, okay. He just likes the 80s slang. Got it. He's trying to make it happen, like Fetch. Bringing it back to Portland. You know, my Twitter bio for a while was made Fetch happen, and then I <laughs> forgot about it. And then one day, I, I looked at my own Twitter profile and was like, made Fetch happen, and I thought I was the m- funniest dude <laughs> that ever existed. Um, but I digress. Back at the shareholders meeting... They, there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of anger. Hattie McDougal's there. Um, talk, she, she owns one share of Planet Kajigger, as she calls it. And sorry, I love I love every time she says Kajigger. I don't know why. It's so she funny. does it a lot. And yeah, she's upset because no one comes to visit her in her apartment. And the professor says it's because it smells like polygrip and cat pee. And there's some back and forth, built mostly about her cats. Mostly about her. I think she only really cares about her cats. It's true. She moves to, uh, among other things, mostly regarding her cats, also have somebody replace the professor as CEO of the company. Uh, Every um, movement she makes uh, is seconded by Scruffy. That's another one I do a lot is second. Oh, it's so good. Mm -hmm. Scruffy's the best. It's It's true. He's very good in this Again, hashtag we're all team Scruffy. 
I think I think that's in a our hashtag. hearts. We are all Team Scarlet. I think that's a hashtag we can all get behind. Tweet, tweet that hashtag at Back to Futurama. Hashtag we're all Team Scruffy. Hashtag I've never seen you before. <laughs> so Hermes nominates the professor. That gets a lot of pretty good amount of shareholder votes. I believe it was 50,000. 50,000. Yep. Fry puts his 10,000 shares up for that guy. Which literally they write that guy uh-huh. on the board. And... Hermes is about to declare the winner because he knows which number he knows a lot about which number is bigger as he points out as a bureaucrat I understand that and then Scruffy's like now hold on a minute Scruffy puts his 40,000 shares for that guy everybody's like how did how do you have so many shares Scruffy believes in this company and he like takes off his hat and starts (laughs) like crying a little bit it's wonderful so then it's almost a tie but Hattie McDougal at the last minute is like I've got my one share and I still get a vote. Um, and so she votes for that guy and also that her cats are pretty. Uh, I believe she also votes against the cat hater. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, the new CEO of Plan- Planet Express is that guy. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> we both got to do it. <laughs> uh, back at Planet Express, uh, the uh, that guy or business guy describes the difference between two different kinds of people, sheep and sharks. Sheep are fired. Zoidberg keeps impressing him because he's like, which one are the ones people like to hug? And he's like, gutsy question. You're a shark. <laughs> That's very, very easy to impress him, I suppose. He immediately starts blaming the previous guy, which is a pretty standard sure. business tactic, according to him. And the professor hands over his business plan, which turns out to be an escape plan. And the professor is like, so long and runs out of the building pretty good because it's, it's a longer cut and you watch him like literally like scramble down the uh-huh. ladder and like run out the door it's very good he also makes the questionable decision of making fry his new vice chairman i believe questionable is um understating it mm-hmm. and it's literally just because they're both from the 80s mm-hmm. like that's it well, that guy, it, I, I'm sure that guy also feels a little bit of like, hey, this guy helped me up. I might as well help him up a little bit. Because honestly, without Fry nominating him, he wouldn't be there. Yeah, but his stated reason is because uh, he's another 80s go-getter or something. I don't remember exactly what he says. Yeah, that's true. He clearly states his reason, and it's not... For any reason other than Fry is from the 80s. That's true. But they they did bond over the safety dance. So there's that. Who among us hasn't bonded with another human being over being from the same time period and also the safety dance? I know I have. It's why I've never bonded with Matt Groening because... That's true. He's, he's not from our time. He's not from our time. He's from outside of time and space. He is a <laughs> wounder being. <laughs> that... that i don't even know where to go with this joke no i think i think we're good (laughs) i think there's nowhere to go and that's okay um everyone is really concerned about fry being the vice chairman including scruffy who says what fever dream is this that bids to tear this company in twain and then kind of loses interest because he sits back and pulls out a copy of national pornographic which i just i love national pornographic it's a very it's better than zero g jugs agreed i'm going to 
we should Oop. we need we need a whole list though okay. of all the porn scruffy looks at and then we'll rank them oh no uh-huh okay. oh yes but we need to we need to find that list dear listeners <laughs> send us every piece of pornography that scruffy has ever read tweet it at back to futurama because it's not fair to say that national pornographic's the best because i don't remember which ones are all there i only it's remember true. the two yeah but it we can safely say it's better than zero zero g jugs oh hands down no question about it. Don't put it. your hands down, please. God. <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, fry and business guy go to Giorgio R. Monster and get some good, good 80s suits. They're flying around on the Planet Express ship, mm-hmm. and they're having sort of an impromptu meeting there, and... That guy is like, who's the best package delivery company around? Soyberg questions, is it us? <laughs> You're a shark. But n- no, seriously, we stink out loud. <laughs> and he he opens up the curtains on the, the Planet Express ship. Yeah, I've just accepted it. And <laughs> he put them in for dramatic effect. Right. He points out that it's mom's friendly package delivery company uh hermes is taken aback is saying her company is big and evil ours is small and neutral like switzerland a business guy uh says that plan x is more like germany ambitious and misunderstood which is just a just a sentence business guy has some interesting views on everything yeah um and then uh so yeah they're like we're gonna take on mom fry issues a challenge to mom and pulls down his pants and places his butt against the window screaming look at my butt yep yep that's a good challenge yep and then mom has one of her sons hit a retaliate button and i don't really remember what comes of that if anything the billboard starts shooting lasers at the ship okay like, I pretty much zone out anytime mom is doing anything on this show, if I'm going to be honest. And that is direct from Ben's mouth. She's, like, one of my least favorite characters. Yeah, so. I mean, it's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, there's going to be some weird sections later on, listeners, so... Well, I mean, there there is... We're at a point in the show where she literally... Uh, the the joke is like she tells her sons to jam a bastard in it you crap and i'm like okay i'm kind of done with mom <laughs> as a character that's fair she doesn't really grow much now i don't think she does not um so they go to uh so fry and business guy go to madison cube garden where there's a big ape fight today uh, a gorilla dressed in a girl's uh, little girl's dress like a like a kind of a uh shirley temple dress okay say. Uh, smashes a lolly lollipop on the head of a gorilla dressed in lederhosen. That is not a good ship lollipop. No, but it is a very f- fun image to see. Uh, Fry and business guy are sitting in the VIP section near Zap and Kiff, Calculon, Morbo, and Jackie Anderson. Fry says, man, this is the high life. Watching apes mangle each other with celebrities. And that guy's like, in my day, we just went to Coke parties, but the principle's the same. <laughs> I love the offhanded mention. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, business guy starts giving uh, Fry him uh, the secret to success. Fry guesses 
work really, really hard? Ah, no. Oh, thank God. Um, basically, their new plan is to cover Planet Express with the sleek, dazzling veneer of the 1980s. It's so stodgy now. Mm-hmm. Business guy, that guy, I keep, yeah. It's hard. Right? He has no name. That guy is just, uh, he's obsessed with, like, the 80s. Everything with him is, like, the 80s. Yeah. And, um, honestly, it's a joke that kind of works for me. It's, I mean, it's pretty good. Um, speaking of the 80s, they unveil Planet Express's new ad campaign, which is a direct ripoff of the 1984 Apple Macintosh Mm -hmm. Super Bowl commercial. Um, Ending with a Planet Express logo that looks exactly like FedEx. Uh-huh. Which, I know a lot of people know this by now, but um, in the negative space, in the EX of FedEx, there's a little arrow, and once you see it, you can't unsee it. You're welcome, everyone. Boom. You can go to our Twitter to see the logo. What? <laughs> I mean, if you want to put it up there, I don't know. I guess I'm calling your shot for you. So, what kind of sets that up is that... Uh, Fry and business guy come into the room and start giving everybody blast facts kudos for a job well done. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Leela says that Planet Express hasn't made a delivery since the takeover. Business guy then says, delivery doesn't have anything to do with the delivery business and shows the ad. Um, Leela immediately says it's terrible and people won't know what Plan X does. Bender already doesn't because he thinks it's a bus or something. (laughs) I do like that Bender has been on countless missions Mm -hmm. And he thinks that they might be a bus or something. I don't think he pays a ton of attention. Yeah, I mean, I I think you're right. Fry was the one that approved the ad because it grows the brand. And everybody, like, immediately gets mad about this. The other thing I do really love about this episode is that just the amount of execu-speak and, like, phrases like shift the paradigm and think outside the box. Like, it's a good... Uh, uh, satire on like people who think that way because man every company I've worked at has had their thing yeah whether it's thinking outside the box or shift left or uh, lean principles right or just y- you name it everywhere I've worked has had their thing and oh boy does it drive me crazy I'd name mine but everybody would know where I work immediately and I don't <laughs> want to do that <laughs> That's true. Um, uh, Zoidberg is incredibly upset that he'll he says he'd sell his stock for a sandwich. Business guy immediately takes him up on it with a full sandwich. Zoidberg would have settled for a hard roll with ketchup inside. He was fleeced. I know we're like always hungry when we're recording this, but I could sure go for a sandwich right now. I thought you were going to say a hard roll with ketchup inside. I'm like, dang. I mean, I'll take what I can get. We're about to have a, a delicious dinner. Yeah, but we keep talking about this sandwich goes bad in this episode. Not sorry to spoil everybody at Which home. is why I would eat it now. But that then you're not investing anything. It's an investment. I'm investing in my tummy. Okay. <laughs> I would like to see how that depreciates. Uh not fast enough because I'm trying to lose some weight. Okay, I see where you're going. Okay, great. It's sort of an inverse sort of uh, investment, like <laughs> it's inelastic. 
Uh, sure. <laughs> Sorry, I I took a class of economics in college. We've been over this before. I don't know money. <laughs> I've even shown him money. He's like, I don't know what that is. It's a Hamilton. You don't know what that is? Of course you know who it is. It's I, Hamilton. I know who it is. That's fair. And I know what a treasury is because I've listened to the musical. Sure. He founded it. And what does it do? It involves moving the National Bank and taking on the state's debts. Okay. And the union gets a financial diuretic. You'd rather give it a sedative? Boom. See, I know my, I know my money. You know the money that is in a rap song in the <laughs> smash hit musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda, uh, Hamilton. I, I mean, I can ask you mm-hmm. a legitimate question about money. And if you, if you are Lin-Manuel Miranda and want to explain to Ben the concept of money, please tweet at Back to Futurama. <laughs> there, there is a... There is a slight chance of that actually happening, and that's concerning to me. Um, Look, honestly, the best thing he could possibly do is tweet a a clip (laughs) from The Simpsons where it says where Homer's brain is explaining the concept of money. Money can be exchanged for (laughs) goods and services. Like, that would pretty much make my life. So please, Lynn, make that happen. Anyways, we should probably talk about... Lynn, just another one of our listeners. Yeah, we should... We should continue on. Probably talk about Futurama. Uh, so, so that guy and Fry uh, in, end up being on Mentor and Protege magazine, respectively, um, which Mom reads and sees that they're mentioned as the new delivery kings, and she's sick of it. She gets mad and says some stuff that I was barely paying attention to, and slaps her children. She does that a lot. Not recommended by Back to the Futurama. Yes. No, sorry. I was thinking of an episode we haven't actually talked about yet. So okay, I'll you, save that. For should we later. put a pin in that one? Well, it's Bender gives a whole speech about hitting children. So oh, that's true. But that's in a later yeah. episode. Not as far as at Elzar's, uh, bi- uh, that guy and Fry are having a meal in the private dining room. They or, order one of everything because everything is overpriced. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Fry also, I, I love this joke so much. Fry asks for a glass of all your water. All of it. But one glass. A single glass, but all the water you can give. All of it. Every every drop. Every mm-hmm. tiny iota. Meanwhile, they... Tiny iota was great. <laughs> Meanwhile, was great. they are ta- uh, practicing Fry's execu-speak. Like... um. Uh, I'm somebody, worried about blank. Don't you worry about blank. Let me worry about blank. Another one I say all the time. This episode's full of great lines it's, to steal for your everyday use. Like dun 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 dun. Like that. Or don't you worry about blank. Let me worry about blank. He also would have taken blank, blank. <laughs> You're not looking at the big picture. I do love that one. That one's so great. Uh, Mom comes in and requests a meeting. A business guy kind of sends Fry back to what he calls the farm and then tries to revolutionize the box or whatever, like a whole lot of executive speak. Uh And then Fry leaves the room and accidentally falls into the wine cellar. And that is the conclusion of that. 
I like how they've got there's this episode is so crammed filled with jokes, but they can still take time for some good old fashioned slapstick. But the best part is that he walks through a door that's labeled wine cellar, closes the door, and then falls. Mm-hmm. You don't see a thing. You just hear it. It's it's very good Foley work. Uh, so back at Planet Express, everybody comes up into Fry's office and says that they are worried about Planet Express. Don't you worry about Planet Express. Let me worry about blank. They are very concerned with the direction that the company is going. They're concerned that Fry has changed. Mm-hmm. Hermes tells him that that guy is a flashy con man, and Fry's been hypnotized by his swing and baloney. And Fry Fry says that he basically has total confidence in that guy, despite the fact that we still don't know his name. Yeah, I, I do like the fact that Leela says that that guy is turning this place into some kind of business, and the professor's <laughs> professor always thought of it more as a che- source of cheap labor, like a family. And um. So while Fry is basically saying, no, 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 this guy is going to do everything fine and everything's going to be great. And he understands how much of a family it is. And uh, the uh, screen on the wall comes on and that guy's there and he's like, everyone's fired and we're out of business. He's going to sell off the company to mom and then she's going to sell off all the assets and um, eliminate them as uh, competitors. Yep. So everyone get out. And literally everybody turns at Fry with anger. And then Fry tries to use his rocket hover chair to get out, but it doesn't have enough fuel. So he brings his uh, his um, assistant. assistant on the intercom and says, could you bring some more rocket chair fuel in here? Uh, I do like that also. Um, so while they're packing up their lockers, uh, Amy's like, where will I go? What will I do? And like her chauffeur is there. Mm-hmm. Um Mrs. Darlinghaven's cotillion is at seven. <laughs> She's like, that'll be fun. Like, she is literally a like billionaire. Yeah, I like how sh- how upset she is about this. Um, Bender, as they're clearing out the lockers, Bender clears out Hermes's locker, which is good. Of course. Fry's in his office asking his, his, his receptionist if he's a good person. Uh, she doesn't know because she's a program built into the intercom. Fry decides that he wants to block this takeover. To redeem himself. And so that way everything will go back to normal. And it's right. He's like, I'm going to go set this straight. And right then his assistant is like, Mr. Fry, your two o'clock magician is here. I don't have time for laughs. Reschedule. I just, I love the concept of a two o'clock magician. It implies he has multiple magicians. That's true. That is living in opulence, my good man. I I would love to have multiple times a day, like a a good meeting with a good magician, a good magician. Not one of these fly-by-night magicians you find on every street corner. Okay. But a good one. Are we talking big name ones? Um, Or are we talking about just like the kinds who who can impress Penn and Teller on that show? Hey, man, if I'm vice chairman of Planet Express, the price is not important. It is who the best of the cream of the crop of the best of the top okay. that I can get. So not the people that impress Penn and Teller. Penn and Teller. Okay. So they're going to show up in your office. Uh-huh. Do at- some close-up magic. I'm excited for it. Okay. All right. In my idea, I don't have a very big office as vice chairman, but still, I have an office. So as somebody that, that works in an open plan, an office sounds your like coworkers gold. will love the magician showing up at your desk <laughs> at two o'clock in the afternoon. 
okay, now I kind of want to make that happen. <laughs> I'll wait till my birthday. Uh huh. And then balloon animals for everybody. Wait, that's a clown. It could be a magician. Well, it depends. Well, that's a bat. So hold they, on, I gotta plan this. Okay, so they they go to uh, the uh, galactic stock in, exchange, intergalactic, in, intergalactic stock exchange, stock exchange satellite, where both the planet ship and Mom's mothership are coming in for the merger. Uh, it does say help help us prevent stock market crashes by driving safely. Both companies have to approve the takeover. Um, and so there's a, a whole bunch of speeches going on that I didn't bother to write down. Yeah. Um, that guy gives a lot of execute speak cause that's sure. what he does. The planet express crew, uh, votes no on it, leading to 49% of the vote. Business guy votes. Yes. With 51% of the vote as the shares he bought from Zoidberg earlier for the sandwich gave business guy majority control. Zoidberg had so many shares because they were worthless and he kept asking for toilet paper. So Hermes just kept giving it to him. Uh, then it moves on to mom core. Uh, the shareholders, uh, 99.7% uh, held by mom. Uh, the final results are nine, 99.9%. Yes. 0.1% Pat Buchanan. And uh, Igner says that the ballot was confusing, which like way to like, First of all, that whole thing was, I think, a while before this episode. Because, wait, which which election was that? That was 2000. 2000? Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Because this is season three, almost season four. Like, it's closer to the 2004 elections than 2000 elections, it's true. my dude. It is true. But, you know, sometimes that evergreen joke just makes sense. And I also like how everybody else gets a remote that just says yes and no. And what did he? He must have gotten one that said yes, no. And Pat Buchanan. Look, ballot humor is going to be funny forever. I mean, hanging chads, dimpled chads. It's true. Um, that the dude from How I Met Your Mother is still probably wearing the hanging chad costume. Isn't that Ted? Uh-huh. That's Ted. Yeah, the dude from How I Met Your Mother. Ted Mosby. Schmosby. The dude from How I Met Your okay, Mother. Right, okay. This is a Futurama podcast. I don't need to know Jack about dudes from How I Met it's Your Mother. It's not Jack, it's his, Ted. His name could be Jack for all it's I care. It's not Jack. I know the name. Jack, it's Ted Mosby. And he finally meets the mother, and the mother is Jack. And, um... Jack and Jack. The Jackingtons. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh no! Oh, that's probably getting cut. Oh no, I did a bad. Um, yeah, whatever. I don't need to know anything about how I met your mother. You apparently you do not. Uh, so this has completed the takeover of uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the Planet Express. Uh, the Planet Express crew is being s- escorted out by robotic security. Um, now, now the only thing that needs to happen is MomCore needs to purchase all outstanding shares at Planet Express at the market price, which is one hundred and seven. Yep, $107 per share, keeping in mind that everybody on the crew, except for now Zoidberg, has 10,000 shares or more. Scruffy's got 40,000. Scruffy is a rich dude. Yeah, everybody's about to get rich, except for Zoidberg. The uh, sandwich has really not appreciated in value. It's true. Not nearly as much. At least. He didn't even refrigerate it. Yeah, it's kind of gross. Also, I have a note here that says Scruffy has a bolo tie. Oh, he sure does. Which I never actually noticed, but 
yeah, I just I I noticed that I was like, oh, gotta write that down yeah, in my notes. We Scruffy gotta has talk a about tie. it. Yeah, it, that's great. That's a great little. T- Why would Scruffy need a bow? <laughs> I like I like I like the the characterization of Scruffy as a man that will like deliver like almost Shakespearean lines. L- sit back read a national pornographic and also wear a bolo tie to important uh, stakeholder uh-huh. meeting yeah it's no wonderful. he's he is a rich individual both in money now and also just in character it's, it's true uh fry goes to the podium uh which he's being watched on uh by the crew on the main floor um and asks business uh, that guy if he'll stop the deal that guy is not willing to agree to it but his bonitis takes hold contorting him and killing him in a horrifying manner it's true and it, as he dies he delivers two great lines he, well yeah he's like oh no my my bonitis i was so busy being an 80s guy i forgot to cure it my only regret is that i have bonitis is a very good line very both of them are very good line my, only one of those you can say with no context actually no you could probably make it work the the only regret that you have bonitis is something that I do say from time to time, and everybody's like, "Huh, uh huh." There it is did- there is a great uh, cat picture of a cat that's all like contorted and whatnot because uh-huh. that's what cats do. They're yeah. basically liquids. Sure, and it says, "My only regret is I have bonitis." <laughs> I lo- I love bonitis as a joke. It's, it's very so good. it's so very it's a horrifying good. disease, but a funny name and a, and a very mm-hmm. funny regret. Based on the the now death of that guy, uh, Fry has gained voting control of his shares. And so he gives this whole big speech about um, what it means to be friends and family and, and, you know, money's good, but what's important is people. And as he's doing this, the stock price just repeatedly plummets uh, right up until the end, until he's like, I'm giving all my, I'm giving full control over to professor and like at that point it peaks up up to like 150 ish um hubert farnsworth and he points over at him and he's literally in his pajamas full pajamas asleep standing up but he doesn't even give the i'm already in my pajamas catchphrase he's asleep (laughs) it's true uh he's lit yeah he's literally asleep on stage and as fry is pointing at him the stock plummets down uh, the crew comes in to tell tell Fry to stop doing the right thing. They literally come in on ticker tape. Yeah, they rappel down on ticker tape, which is an amazing <laughs> idea. Um, it's even making like ticker yeah, noises yeah. and everything as they do it. Uh, Fry is just sad that everybody would rather be rich than work together because Planet Express is really the first place he's felt uh, the the right fit. He feels like he fits in. So he's about to approve the deal anyways because his friends, what his friends want. And then Hattie McDougal points out, well, hold on. The stock's only worth, in her words, three kajiggers, which is three cents. <laughs> uh, Hermes says it's, it's even more worthless now than when it was worthless. And Fry gets excited and he's like, we're poor no matter what we do. And then he, he denies the deal. Planet Express doesn't get sold to mom. And he's like... Hey, we may not be millionaires, but at least we still get to work together. Uh, Zoeberg is very proud of his conservative sandwich-heavy portfolio um, and then accidentally eats the sandwich. Well, eats the sandwich uh, and then realizes he's destroyed his investment and is ruined. He's like, yeah. He's like, I'm ruined. Um, 
and then eating this rotting sandwich and then yeah fry gives his line about at least we still get to work together and literally everybody shuffles off angry and he's like see you on monday and that's how the episode ends and that means that it is time for grades i think everybody kind of knows where we're leaning towards from the rest of the episode but let's make it pretty clear i love this episode uh, it's incredibly funny. I think that guy, business guy, whatever his name is, there is no name. He is like a shot in the arm to the plot. He he adds so much character. Like he's a fully formed creation as soon as he comes into the episode. Just delivers, 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 and then delivers as he dies. Um, it's very funny. Uh, every Everybody's reactions to everything going on kind of makes sense. Um, the plot is moves through pretty briskly but there's so it's just so packed full of jokes and laughter and things we didn't even talk about like there were there were portions of jokes that we didn't even talk about that we we could have oh yeah i mean we're already behind on time exactly (laughs) but i mean it's it's funny it's it's like it moves at a good clip everybody's reactions motivations make sense i i i think it's probably one of the best episodes of Futurama there is. So I'm going to give it an A+. Plus. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head uh, on this one. It is fantastic start to finish. Um, it, like I said, it is it is so packed full of jokes that we skipped over so many. Oh, yeah. And they're almost all really good. Like I said, I mean, I just personally don't care for mom. But even that... While she's a central figure in this episode, she is also simultaneously not so central. Yeah, she's not in it very much. Yeah, and so even even the bits that I don't care for with her, every other moment in this episode is glorious. It's so good. Uh, That guy is a very classic extra character. Uh, The Bonitis thing, like... there's a lot of Futurama things you can say to people and they're like, what? But a lot of people somehow like Bonitis has sort of permeated out into uh, the rest of the internets. Yeah. It's a classic episode. It's a quintessential episode. Mm -hmm. It is almost perfect. Um, I agree. One of the best. A plus. All right. Surprise. Just kidding. We all hated it. F. Oh, no. No, it's great. I love it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think about this episode or any episode or just about Futurama in general. Especially if you're Lin-Manuel Miranda, but if you're not, that's okay too. Also, if you know Lin-Manuel Miranda, well, please play our podcast for him. We'd love to be <laughs> friends with him. So yeah, there are plenty of ways to get in contact with us. You can email us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at backtofuturama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash backtofuturama. And we are on Apple Podcasts. So find us, review us, rate us, subscribe to us, and uh, send it to your friends. And we can all get to that shining point of light where we go dun 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 dun. Uh, yeah, and we, we definitely appreciate the uh, the re- reviews we've got. We got a couple, and um, one <laughs> is literally by Turbo Wolf 2018. Yeah. Which I, I want to thank whoever did that because that, that so is good. tremendous. Um, yeah, so uh, I think that's going to do it for us this time. We're going to go invest in some sandwiches. We sure are. And uh, so until next time, I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Goodbye from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow. 